Hello, how you doing? How you doing? Brother Thomas, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing, Brother Dennis? Everything is great. Well, first of all, let me start off by saying hello to all my, my fellow listeners out there and welcome to Dynamic Fathers. Um, today, we're going to start off, we're going to have an interview with one of my one of my men from um, Philadelphia. His name is Robert Thomas, as you might have heard him come in. But I just want to, once again, just say thank you for listening to um, Dynamic Fathers. We will encourage, empower, and we will in, in, um, engage fathers to um, be active in their, their kids' life. So today, what I want to do is a special, like I said, my host is Robert Thomas. I just want to talk to him a little bit about the things he may have um, encountered as growing up as a young man. And then what it all is that he may have um, passed on to his son. So I just want to say this, you know, we're going to get some discussions. I want I don't want Thomas to feel that he's he's being um, held back. So I want you to open open minded with me, brother, and tell me how you feel and uh, what you learned and dislikes and, and um, you know, things like nature, things that were good and good and good and bad. But most importantly, we want to uplift the fathers, you know, yourself, your father, um, and, and all the people out there. Just give them a, a quick analysis of you know what's going on in your life and. Give me a bio right now. Who who Robert Thomas is? Let me let me know who you are. Okay, well, um, I'm a 63 year old father, a widower. Um, I grew up basically with uh, women. Uh, my mom and dad were married when uh, I was born, but unfortunately, their marriage didn't last. So by the time I was four and a half, they had separated. And um, it was rough on me not having a, a, my dad around. Um, I remember vividly going with my father out to different jobs that he did because he, he was a professional window washer. And he used to take me with him as a, as a little tot. And uh, I, that was my first introduction into work. And... Um, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved being around my dad. But him and my mom, for some reason, just couldn't see eye to eye. And part of it was because he was kind of violent. And my first, the first act of violence I ever saw or witnessed was from my father. And my mother didn't grow up in a household like that, so she eventually left. And um, it scarred me. It seriously scarred me because I was the oldest of three, three boys. And because of my experience with my father, uh, I couldn't understand why they, they just couldn't work it out. As I got older, my mother, you know, she was a Christian woman and was telling me about all the things the Bible said. And in the back of my mind, I used to uh, read that passage and, and wonder to myself, well, God hates divorce, so why are you two splitting up? And it caused a lot of a lot of issues with me and women. Because I, I, I didn't blame my mom totally, but in a way I did, I guess, you know, subconsciously. Um, I definitely blamed my father because I didn't like what I saw him doing to my mother. Anyway, I grew up without him. And... Um, the people who raised me, my grandfather and grandmother and my mother, my aunt, uh, they did a pretty good job. But it's okay. important in a boy's life to have a male figure, a strong male figure that they can look up to. Because after a while, you get, like a lot of boys, you get tired of listening to women. You, you yeah. know there's something that, you know, like I had an experience when I was a teenager 
Man, me and some guys were talking and with some older guys uh, standing around and I said something and they said, man, that, that, what are you talking about? That, that sounds like something a woman would say. Well, you know, you, you, you follow uh, what you see and what you hear. And I did say a lot of things, you know, but women are more into their emotions. Men are more into their intellect. Right. But I grew up kind of emotional. Right. Let me ask you a question before we go, get too deep into all that. Um, now, you said that in the early age, what, what age did you say again that most of this occurred? The separation? Uh, I was four and a half. Okay. So at four and a half, you, you witnessed violence in the house. Um, and so after those years, um, when the separation, was your father still in your life? Was he was he in your life? Was he involved? Mm, sporadically. Okay. Uh, so he didn't have a big interest in, in, in your in your um, in part of your upbringing. upbringing career. No, no, he didn't. As a matter of fact, I think one of the reasons why he stayed away was because he said, "Well, since she left me, you know, let her raise the boys. I bet they all come up, you know." criminals and thugs so he can turn around and say you know if you it never happened that's okay. what I believe right that's what you believe now you said you had other siblings you had um, two other brothers now were they older or younger younger okay so how did that affect them at the time you would you would be the oldest one and you had to start really carry the mantle sort of say you had to be the man of the house how did that affect them well, my brother next to me, uh, we're, we're what they call Irish twins. We were born ten months apart, and so um, it didn't. It, it, it affected my brother David, but not as much as it did me because I think he was scared of our, our father. And quite frankly, I think he was glad that he, he wasn't in our lives. My youngest brother Brian um, didn't know him because my mother was carrying him at the time that she left. Okay. Okay. So, so as that goes on, that develops. Now you're being raised by your um, your uncles, your your father. I mean, your um, grandfather and other people. You know that might be close to you. So now, at the, at what age did you decide that, or did it even occur to you that you might have kids one day? How would you respond to that? Um, saying, okay, now I don't have a father in my life. That have other people that taught me, but how did that affect you moving forward in your future as far as how you would develop? Well, I made up in my mind by the time I was 10 years old, 9 or 10, that uh, if I ever got married, I'm going to be married for life. I just put that in my mind very early, and I would never abuse, physically abuse my wife. Because uh, I, I, I know I saw the scars that left on my mother. Yeah, I, I did that very early. Okay. Okay. So, so moving forward, you 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 got into a relationship. Um, I'm sure many times before that, before you got married, but you eventually got married to someone. So now, knowing that you're about to get married, there comes where you want to build a family. So, what did you take from? I understand there was a broken relationship as far as your mother and your father, but obviously we we learn a lot of things, positive and negative. Um, when we go into a relationship and we carry some things un subconsciously that we don't know about into a relationship thinking okay we're gonna we're not gonna do this but we're gonna do this what did you think what did you take into your marriage um, knowing that okay I might have kids one day that you would raise them a certain way what, did, what was in your head 
You know, that's a good question, Brother Dennis. I'm not really sure. Uh, I had never really seen a good marriage other than maybe my uncle and aunt. Um, but I, I thought I would try to live out the way the Bible says a man and a wife should live. Um, but it didn't necessarily work out that way, but that's the way I thought of it. I thought, you know, I'm the head of the house and what I say goes. What I didn't realize is in order for a woman to respect you and follow you, you have to be leading. And I'm more of a carefree kind of person, so I realized that until I got married. So, so but my mother told me at the young age that I was the man of the house. So I always took the lead where I felt the lead was necessary, which was at home growing up as a child, which was everything, taking care of my siblings. You know, I did all the things that a woman can do. They taught me to sew, I can cook. I washed clothes, go to the wash house, wash clothes, uh, clean the house. I was very domestic. That's one of the things that attracted my wife to me. Right. I could do all things. Right. So in that sense, um, you started becoming a dynamic father at a very young age. Uh, and a dynamic man, put it that way. Because we, I once before we talked about what a dynamic person was, and that was a positive, giving a positive, positive energy, positive thoughts. Um, and you displayed you, you displayed that early in your in your life um, because of your absence of your father. But you once said in your in as you got married, you had the mindset that you had to be the head of the household because that's what you were taught to, to be. But let me ask you this now: when you first no, you were first told by your wife, um, you you had expecting a child. And I know you know you have a son now. So can you explain to me what that feeling was like? Um, yeah. Well, first, just to roll back for a minute, um, I was taught to be the head of the house. Didn't really know what that meant, so I was just you know acting on default. Uh, but when you're married to a headstrong woman and one who has natural leadership. Uh, abilities it's not as easy as you think so it, it was very difficult in the beginning and we had to do a lot of talking a lot of crying a lot of praying uh, because and I had to do a lot of soul searching myself as a man um, but when we found out that she was pregnant you know it was, for me it was one of the most joyous times of my life I was very happy, uh, and then we I, we found out we were having a son, which is what both of us wanted. So, uh, you know, this this all happened at a time in my life when things personally weren't going too well for me, but I was happy for us. Right, right. So now you you have this child, and you find out you know the sex of the child. You, you know you have a son come born into this world. So, what's the first thing you said you would do? The first thing, or uh, a few things you said you would do and you wouldn't do in order to, um, in the rearing this child, raising this child. Well, one of the first things I did was I made sure that I let him know I was going to stick by him no matter what. You know, I wasn't going to leave him, you no, know, abandon him like my father did me. And uh, then over him. You know, and then I started to teach him. I said, I wanted to be the complete opposite of what I had seen in so many fathers who weren't doing the right thing. Right, right, right. So in that case, like you said, you turn a negative into a positive. And um, 
we I talked about that in my last bio when I talked about being transparent in my bio, how that affected me. Um, and another young brother that I interviewed, uh, not by phone, but just by some questions that I had, and his name was Mario, was Wisconsin. But what I, what I took from that is that we both, you know, as men or as people, we we see things that happen, good or bad. We're going to do this or I'm not going to do this. And as a man, there's always something that hits. I'm not going to be that. You know, when I was... I can't hear you, brother Dennis. I'm playing one day at a friend's house, and I'm sitting on the floor. He says, "Is that um, Sony's son?" And one of the dudes said, "Yeah, yeah, that's him." And he says, "Yeah, he's gonna be just like his dad." Now, when he said that, I'm maybe like ages between something like that. I'm very young. But at this particular time, my father was in and out of jail. You know, he was doing he was doing negative things, put it that way. He was doing yeah. a lot of negative things. And these were his running buddies, you know what I'm saying? So when he said that, it struck me right in my heart, right in my mind. You know, it, it, it hit me deep. Because I already knew that my father wasn't a positive influence. You know what I'm saying? So when he said he just like his dad, at that young age, I said, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. So I had made it my mind in my life, I'm not going to be like, now, along the way, I may have made some skips here and there, and some, hit some bumps in the road, and I may have, you know, had some actions that carried out similar to his, and I had to check myself in. Like, oh, oh, wait, wait, whoa, wait. He back up now. You know, I said I wasn't going to be that way, and sometimes being irresponsible in certain ways I was. Um, but I, I, I realized mm-hmm. that, hey, I got to follow my own path. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I started, you know, it, it wasn't easy to do it because and on his life, there's a lot of obstacles in our way. You know, some of them are set up there, uh, we're set up sometimes by certain things and some things we go because we don't have the guidance. We don't have that proper guidance. We run into a, a dead end road yeah. and we don't know how to get out of it. You know, so we might either sit there, we might sit there and try to figure out how can I get out of this? Should I climb up this wall? Should I bang one door? Should I turn around and go back the way I came? What should I do? You know, should I make a new way? You know, what should I do? And so sometimes without that proper guidance, you don't um, make the right choice. And so I made the choices that I, I wouldn't be like my father. And it seemed like that's what you, you did as well. You decided I'm not going to do the things that he did, um, one, to break up the family, and two, not to neglect yourself. Yeah, one and of the I, things great, I learned because uh, when you're young and someone tells you you're just like your father or you're going to be just like your father, they're almost putting a curse on you. And... Uh, I always rejected that. My grandmother used to always say that primarily because I looked like my father and born under the same astrological sign to him. And I probably had a lot of his ways, which I discovered uh, as I got older. When we, I became a young adult, I did get to know my father. I did get to visit him. I did get to hang around him. And I saw, I was, to be honest with you, I was very glad my mom didn't stay with him. Because my father had some serious mental issues. And um, but somebody telling me at a young age, you're going to be just like him, made me more determined not to be more like him. But, you know, certain things run in the genes, man. You know, characteristics. But that doesn't make that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you're going to be a bad right. father so, so or do- a bad mother. It just means that you have to, you know, examine yourself. 
and see that if you see anything that you know is not right with your parents, you got to straighten that out in yourself. Because that old adage that uh, hurt people hurt people is nonsense. You only hurt people if you decide to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice you got to make. So as you as you get there now, we get back to the point where here you are with your son, and you made some um, declarations with him and yourself. So how did that how did that work out? I mean, how how old is your son now, and how did you your 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 stages of life with him? Uh, between his, his mother and I, how do you think uh, you did? I think we did pretty good. He's thirty now. Uh, he's never been to jail, never been locked up, not a hood rat. He works every day. He's respectful. Everybody always tells me, "Oh, Ryan is he's a, he's very respectful. Your son is very respectful," you know. And um, when I when he was a child, I took him out. I did things that men in the neighborhood used to do for children who didn't have fathers around. The ones that stayed with their wives and raised their children, some of them took their took us out to different things. You know, we joined the the Boy Scouts and. They, they right. taught us archery. Well, I did that with my son. I took him, you know, to various museums, showed him, you know, historical things. Tried to explain to him at a young age, while he was four, five, six, and seven, those developmental years. By the time that a child is seven, their personality is pretty much set in stone. And uh, even to this day, he thanks me, and he tells him and his buddies. They say, "Man, you know, you know, I used to take him to basketball games. I did all that." And they said, "You know." Thank God I, we, we came from a group of people who stayed together, you know, because he said when he was in school, children would ask him, well, well, what parents you staying with this weekend, your mom or your dad? He said he couldn't identify with that because, you know, he lives with his mom and dad. You know, that was like a blessing to me, you know, touched my heart, made me feel like I did something right because a lot of the children that he went to school with didn't have a cohesive family. But he did, and he thanks me for that. Right, right. Yeah, and you, you realize that in our communities, there is that disconnect where um, it's, I'll say, of the, like I said, we might be of the normal mindset for a lot of the kids. Like I say, 70, 80% of them think the way that there's a single parent household, or the man is in and out of the, out of the house. So there's no, no um, structure for them to say, I have a parent, I have a, a father and a mother living with me. So it's not uncommon for them to, you know, for you to hear that. For another brother to say, oh, no, my parents were both my parents. To get that question, who are you going to stay with? Or, you know, do you, you don't even have a father. That's that's a custom, yeah. that's something that's very strong in the black community. You know, and people, some people may not realize that. Well, you know, it's very unfortunate, but you know, sometimes those of us who, uh, who understand, or should I say overstand, because to me, when you understand something, your level of comprehension is somewhere down there around your knees, and for some people down around their ankles. But when you overstand, it means you really get it. you got to put your own personal ego aside and the, sometimes your own desires for things that you want in order to raise your children. Because in the end, they're the ones that are going to carry the future. And some of the boys around here thanked me, you know, and they said, yeah, Mr. Thomas, you know, they're all grown men now. They said, yeah, you still driving that old car? I said, yeah, your dad is still, he's still at it, huh? And they tell him, said, man, you, you're lucky you still have your dad, you know. But sometimes when a woman goes, the, the mother, the father's not too long behind. But 
you know, God has been good to me. So, and my son and I, right, for right. the most part, we get along pretty good. You, you don't give me no trouble. Sometimes we have our little disagreements, but that's just normal too. Like, yeah. let me. Yeah, let me give you some facts. I have a, a section that I want to add into my um, in, into my episodes, and I'm saying the facts because it's called just the facts. And you can find anybody can find these different facts on our um, National Fatherhood in- Initiative. So this is one of the facts. It says according to the U.S. Gen- Census Bureau, 19.5 million children. Hear that number: 19.5 million children. More than one in four live without a father in the home. Now just think about that, man. That's some serious numbers. We're not talking about no um. We're not talking about like five or two. We said 19.5 million children. That's terrible. Across the you know, United States. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids that live without a father in the home. So if the father's not there, guess what? Who are they getting this, this um, raising from? Who's giving them advice? Who's, who's teaching who's them about manhood? Protect them. You know, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a girl or whether it's a girl. Uh, and, and girls, girls need right. men, need fathers too. Right. It's not just boys. And, and what, but if you want to raise good, strong, healthy men, you have to have healthy men in the household. And a lot of these boys are being raised by women. And then when exactly. they grow up, uh, the same women turn on them. You know, a lot of these girls, you know, they turn on these boys because the boys haven't been right. properly trained. They don't have enough manhood in them. Right. Right. Now, let me give you another fact. So I'm going to give you maybe, I'm going to give another one or two more facts on this one. So now it also says, and this is according by the National Father Initiative, which they have done various studies on this. It says, involved dads improve their children's overall emotional I and agree. social well-being. I agree. What do you think about because that? Because a lot of the things you see going on today are just because a child is, uh, grows up and their EQ is off. You know, your your IQ is important, but your EQ is even more important. That's your emotional quote. And a lot of these boys that I see today in my everyday walk of life, a lot of them are just off. You see them out there in the street on their cell phone, screaming and hollering at somebody as if they were standing in front of somebody. Uh, Um, listening to um, Anchor, my Anchor podcast. This is Dynamic Fathers. This is Dennis Jenkins, and I have on the line Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, so when we left off, um, we were talking about, I was giving the facts about fathers involved in the kids' life. So this is one fact that was, like I said, once again brought to you by Father National Father Initiatives. And it's because boys have fewer behavior problems and girls psychological problems when they have involved father, involved dads. So, like you said, um, Brother Thomas, you were there for your son, and not only your son, it appears you were there for many other kids in the community that didn't have a father in their life, and you played a positive role in their life, and you know, made a good impact on their lives, because um, you were involved. So, now, as you move on, and you're involved with, with these kids' lives, and you're the raising of your son, what, what would you say would be the defining factor in your relationship with your son, negative and positive? Uh, well, when his mother passed, we went through a rough time. I went through at least a good five, six-year depression. And so was he. I didn't realize that, that it was his depression was as deep as mine. So 
for those five years, I would say we were butting heads a lot. By then, he was becoming a young man. She she died when he was almost 18. And, you know, that's a rough period for a young man transitioning into manhood from 18 to 23. And I can honestly say we, we had some hard times. But one day, you know, God provided us an opportunity to sit and cry together and talk about how much we missed her and what we needed to do to go forward. And because um, he was using her death as an excuse for the failures he was experiencing in life. I just wouldn't allow him to do that. So, well, you know, we're still here. What would she have wanted for, for both of us? That's to move forward. But how we move forward is up to us. And eventually, with a little bit of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of tears, we got through it. And now, you know, it's good. It's good. It's pretty good. I mean, we there's still room for improvement, but it's good. And, yeah, and it's some good. of his buddies, you know, like one of his buddies is out in California now, and he thinks so much of me. He sent me a picture of his when he got married. He sent me a picture recently of uh, his, his of his new son, who just came into the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. That shows that you did have a positive impact in that young man's life. That he thought that much of you, um, whether he considered you a father figure in his life or a great man in the neighborhood, that he reached back and said, you know, showed his appreciation. And that, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. So let me ask you this question, man. What, what advice did you give your son as far as, you know, whether he decides to have a, a child or not? What, what advice did you or what advice would you give him if you didn't give him any at all? Well, the advice I gave him when I discovered that he was really, you know, into women and he had a couple of girlfriends, I, I just let him know straight up, look, you're not ready to be somebody's daddy. Are you ready to do the thing you've seen me do? Or you see me doing for you right now? Can you handle that kind of responsibility? And he got the point. And now, I mean, I go in this room and uh, he got a box full of condoms. So he hasn't, he, I mean, that's another thing that makes him a, a catch. And I told him, I said, you got to be careful out here because, you know, you don't have any children. You don't have no baby mom, mama drama. You know, you're not a baby's daddy. And so far, he's made it to 30 and he hasn't produced any children. But like I told him, I said, your mother and I got married. We've committed to each other. And uh, we stuck to that commitment before we had children. So I was in it for life. And I lived out my wedding vows, just like I said I would. But uh, a lot of his friends, they do have children, but they, they're not committed to the, the, the relationships. You know, a lot of the women that they've had children with, they don't even see anymore. They just see the children and that's it. At least I give them credit for that. They do get involved with the children. Yeah. So do you think by you and your mother, you and your um, wife being together for the long period that you did helped him in his decisions making as far as, you know, dating a lot of different women or just, you know, decide he's going to not say wait for the right woman to come along, but he was not there jumping around like some of his friends was with a whole bunch of different girls and having kids at an early age because he's seen the structure in your home? Oh, absolutely. Because he also saw the, strugg the struggles that some of his friends had gone through, you know, with going to family court and the women trying to get money out of them, sometimes money they didn't have. Uh, 
he realized, I think just part of him is just naturally selfish that way. He didn't want to spend his money that way. But he also learned from the, the cohesive family unit he came out of, you know, that, that this is a better way to go than just having children all over the place that you can't take care of. Right. So we also know that in, in our communities, though, man, sometimes, you know, we talk about the rite of passage, and it's not really talked about a lot in our communities, uh, the rite of passage. But for some men, they think that that's a, that's a rite of passage for them to have five different women and have every woman they got to drop a seed on that woman. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, I leave my mark on this world. They, they consider that to be their legacy. And once that happens, we start this pattern of fathers not being in the, in the homes because that wasn't their goal to be in the home. They just wanted to have a child and say, that's my seed. But as far as taking care of them financially, mentally, and spiritually, that's not in their mindset. So how much do you still see that in your neighborhood now? Uh, you see it all the time, unfortunately. But you know, that's an interesting thing you just brought up because when I was a young man, my uh, mother realized I was dating someone and she, I knew she knew I was being sexually active at 16, 17. She just told me one thing that stuck with me. She said, Randy, just remember, that's somebody's daughter. You don't want to mess her up. That's somebody's daughter. And so I thought, I always thought that way. Now, I, I don't know why this generation of Young men don't think this way, but, you know, there's not enough men to teach them that. You know, right. a lot of times exactly. these women, they're, they're happy that, you know, oh, I got a grandbaby. Well, you got a grandbaby, but that grandbaby ain't got a cohesive unit to come out of. Not, I'm not saying that's true all the time, but a lot of the times it is. Right. That was a key word right there when you said that um, they don't have that father figure. And like I said, this is dynamic fathers. We're talking about men good, and we're talking about men bad. We, but we're not trying to be negative about it. We're just trying to inform others that the, the more involved a man is in, this, in a child's life, it makes a big difference. You know, and the, the nesting involved, it makes a big difference as well. You know, in the negative, and it could be in the positive. So we want, want you to understand that we're not, we're not putting any man down, but we want to help those fathers who are not involved to get involved by letting them know that, you know, think about what you're doing. You know, if you're not involved with your child's life, maybe it's for financial reasons, maybe for, you know, constitutional reasons, maybe it might just be because you and a parent, you and your mother can't co-parent with that young man or that young girl. But we want to help, help you understand, sometimes take yourself out of that picture and say, stop being, we should say, being selfish to a certain extent. If you're 45 years old or you're 20 years old, or if you're even 55 years old, you're living your life and you lived a good portion of your life. But think about that young young man or young girl who is only five years old. They're still developing. You know, they're still developing through, their, through those early years. They need a, a man's voice to give them guidance. But think about also in that young man who was 16, that young girl who was 17, who is now becoming into the world where things are thrown at them. And we know right now that in the lifestyle we live in with the technology age, we got kids at nine and 10 years old who are being alcoholics because it's accessible to them. Sexually active. Right. Yeah. They're, they're smoking early ages. They're drinking early. They're sexing early. They're having sex early. And then without that guidance, think about that, man. That's like sending a young man to a war zone and saying, um, look, man, it's going to be some guns, you know, some missiles coming at you. There's going to be, you know, a lot of gunfire. There's going to be a lot of, you know, her, her people in the community not liking you. I'm, but um, you'll be all right. 
You'll be all right, man. I think you're going to be all right. How do you think of sending a person into a war zone without the proper resources will be okay? But that's what we do to a lot of our kids. As, as black men and as men in general in the communities that we live in, and brother, let them know again where you come from. You, you I'm, I'm, I don't know if I even referenced that. You come from North Philly. Give me a little understanding about what North Philly is like. Well, unfortunately, man, just like today, you know, I had to be running from my other brothers because they were in a mindset of, this is my neighborhood, you can't come in here. You know, uh, they wanted you to join a gang. And, um, it, was, it was silly, but it wasn't, back then, I guess because guns weren't as accessible as they are now, people weren't killing each other as much. Um, and older brothers who knew they were wrong, but just got caught up, they would tell you, say, look, man, you know, they, they, they check out your personality and they say, you know, this, 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 you ain't about this life. This ain't, this ain't you. Go on, do what you keep doing, what you're doing, man. I, I, I admire you from afar. I've had guys tell me that. I tried to, I didn't really try to join the gang, but I called myself hanging out with one. And one night they all had guns and shotguns and stuff, and I had nothing. And uh, I'll never forget the brother, his name was Little Sticks, and he told me, he said, look, man, go on back. This, this ain't for you. This is the life we live. But this ain't, you're not that kind of guy. Because everybody in the neighborhood knew me. They knew I was, yeah. you know, knew me as a grocery guy, the grocery boy. Right. And he yeah. saved my life that night, you know, because who knows? I could have gone out there and got killed. Brothers used to look out for one another that way. But today, you know, they, they'll, they'll use another brother just to get what they want. Right. Their sacrifice, you know, he's 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 being sacrificed for the for the biggest purpose of their their group or their gang, yeah, you know, for their community. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like tell tell me um, right now, man, if you can, if you even know it, the murder rate in North Philly or in Philadelphia. And then we, we talked about the other day that the numbers are climbing um, over the years. They've climbed in um, to a excessive amount. So what is what is the murder rate right now in North Philly? Say for young men between the ages of eighteen and twenty five. Well, I'll put it to you like this. Thus far, the, the, the year is only, what, about 16 days old? And there's yeah. always been at least 20 murders. <laughs> so that gives right. you an idea of what's going on. Do you remember what the numbers might have been last year? Total? Yeah, it was almost, I was uh, over 400. Over 400. And and so much that Philadelphia, um, over the years, is he's being called. It still has a nickname of brotherly love. But what do they call Philadelphia in the hood? Philadelphia. 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 Now, I think I just want you to think about that for a minute, though, man, because Chi Chicago has a nickname called Chirac. No, right? I heard of that. Right, and Philadelphia is called Philadelphia in the hood from the young perspective. Um, and I'm sure there's other neighborhoods that's got similar names, but they're crime related. So I want you to really think about that. My listeners, I want you to think about that as well as I think about that. As a young man growing up and a young young um, lady growing up, your city is called, has a nickname of Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. And we, 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 we hit the numbers earlier when we talked about how many, the percentage of men are not involved in the lives, in, in these kids' lives. Now here you are growing up Without a without a guidance of a father, women for a young lady or for a young man, without the guidance of a, of a, of that father involved in his life. That's, well, I, that's I'll tell you one. Uh, it's so uh, it's gotten so bad here with the fatherless 
uh, boys and girls, because a lot of these girls are committing crimes, murders and stuff. Yeah. That um, yeah. and they're getting younger and younger. I think that's what scares me. Um, even though I fear no man, but these children are dangerous. They they got murders out here, 12, 13, 14, 11 years old, out here killing people, and they don't understand the spiritual ramifications of what they're doing. But it's not just the physical; it's the spiritual ramifications. How you destroy other people's lives, how you destroy families when you take a, a breadwinner out the house for a few dollars to put in your pocket. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Right. But once again, we get back to there's no guidance. There's no guidance. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Um, earlier in my bio, I talked about how my father was, he was there, but he wasn't involved in my life. He wasn't involved to where he made it. He helped me make decisions on what to do, or what not to do. He was there in, in, in essence because I knew where he was at, but he wasn't involved. So therefore, because he wasn't involved, he didn't impact my life in a positive way. The actions that he did, I knew about him. So that negative you know, actions that he did helped me to say, okay, I don't want to do this. And I watched other people around me and men that was going different directions. And one thing that you keep hitting on, brother, was a spirituality. And that's what helped me. That's what saved me at an early age because my mom was taking me to church. My mom was very spiritual. So she was involved in church. You know, she was active mm -hmm. as usher. Mm -hmm. But she was always taking me to church. And that's one thing that we had to commend our, 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 our women I'm not going to put it as far as, you know, a race or, you know, uh, African-American or white or whatever. Just women in general that are there taking care of their kids when that man leaves the house. And putting them, sometimes giving them that spiritual base is, is something that gives that, that that young man or young girl something to um, reflect on. Yeah. So, and I hear you a lot. So do you think that, does your son, is he, did he go, does he take spirituality? Or, you know, is that a big importance in his life? Or how does that... How would you say? Well, we took him to church. Don't get me wrong. We took him to church. And uh, we taught him the Bible as much of it as we could understand and, and knew about. But um, we, we were not really religious people by the time we grew up, my wife and I. Uh, you got to remember, I knew my wife as a teenager. So uh, we all went to church. And, you know, that was just part of life in the, in the neighborhood. But... Um, yeah, well, I, we talk about it now from time to time. Spirituality, spiritual growth, rights and wrongs. Uh, and he knows he knows the difference, you know. And I point out things as, as things as life goes on, things that happen, things that he's done, things that I've done, things that we've made, you know, mistakes that we've made in life. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay, just as long as you learn from them. And uh, yeah. you know, he's learning from from he's learned a lot from his mistakes. But he's going to make some more, and he's just going to have to. Go to the father, you know, every time he makes a mistake, apologize and then do better. Right, right. But um, I'm not gonna say brother, brother Thomas, I, I appreciate you a lot, man. And we talk about a lot of different subjects on this thing. And hopefully we can come back and we can talk about some more, some more different things that's going on um, in our communities um, and then you as a father and different things that we can do to help change the narrative of what's going on in our communities as far as these young men are involved. So once again, this is Robert Thomas from North Pieces, North Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. And this is um, Dennis Jenkins with Dynamic Fathers. And then we're glad that you guys came in and listened to us today. We hopefully that, you know, we, we gave you some insight on what we our perspective of, of fatherhood, um, good and, and bad, the positive and negative. 
and hopefully that you got something great out of this. And I also hope that you share this with others. You know, um, right now I'm on six different um, six different um, stations, and so I'm sure you can find us out there on Google. You can find us out there on Anchor. You can find us out there on Breaker or whatever your favorite station is. You know, but um, once again, just check us out, Dynamic Fathers. You know, and I'm, I said once again, I want to thank my my co-hosts um, for coming in today. And Brother Thomas, do you have any last words you want to say to people? Yeah, well, yeah. Just the only thing I would say, um, based on my own experience, is you know, being a father is a wonderful thing. Particularly if you're around to watch your children develop through every stage, help them through every stage, watch them grow and, and blossom like a flower. It's a beautiful thing, you know. Don't be afraid of it. Right, right, right. It's definitely um, something that is a gift to you. It's definitely something that's a gift, and we shouldn't take that for granted. No. So once again, I want to let everybody know that you know you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. Um, like I said, I'm in, in several different uh, locations. But once again, I also want to tell you that you know this is something that is still new. It's still new. It's still in the early stages. And um, my whole objective of this is that we were you know, to encourage and to engage fathers to be active in the child's life. And if you are doing that already. Brother, keep it up, man. It's very important that you, you continue to be that dynamic father. You be that positive and that light in that like that, that young girl, the young young man sees, because if they don't see it in you, they're going to see it in others. Yeah. Sometimes when they see in others, it's not what we want to happen. You know, we want our young men or young young women to grow up to be. And we then later on we're saying, you know, wow, how did that happen? Well, we gotta stay involved. And if you're involved, continue to stay involved. I don't care what age they are. If they're 55, stay involved. If they five, stay involved. And if you're inactive, find ways to get back into that child's life, man. Don't let nothing stop you. Don't let it be the money. Don't let it be the, 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 the uh, mother. Don't let it be the government, so you might say. Don't let it be transportation. Don't let it be distance. Whatever it might take, man, they need you. We need you. As fathers, we need each other to be able to encourage each other. To say, hey, brother, you know, I know you're rough right now, but uh, what, you know, how can we turn this around for you? Support each other. You know, don't just let that brother go down the, go down the wrong path and say, you know, man, he look at that deadbeat dad. No, support each other, man. We need people to talk to. Sometimes as a man, we walk through our life alone. You know, being this lone wolf thing, we could, we could, we could fight this world alone. No, you can't do it, my brother. You can't do it, my, you know, uh, as, as a single father. You can't do it alone. Reach out to a brother, get into a group, something. I mean, Facebook has groups, Instagram has groups. There's a plenty of groups, maybe something in your community you might want to get into. But reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, man. Express what's going on in your mind. You may be some things that you're going through with your child that you don't know how because you weren't giving that. Um, you didn't have a father or you didn't have a mentor to encourage you. So reach out to other brothers. Seek your, um, in your communities and find the resources that you know that you're in. But once again, leave a message for me if you can and let me know how you like this podcast. Share my podcast with other you know, other people in your lives and um, continue to, to check back in on me. And they'll see what we talk about next. All right. So once Dynamic Fathers with Dennis Jenkins and my co-host Robert Thomas. And like I said, we're going to have him back on another time. But I want to thank you once again for listening to Dynamic Fathers. And everybody have a great day. Brother Thomas, you have a great day, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace and love, brother. Right. Hello, 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 everybody. Hello. How you doing today? 
It's a great day. It's a great day. And just want to say thank you for tuning in today. And I just want to thank you for listening to my um, latest podcast that I've had already. Uh, when I talked to Richard, Richard Thomas. And I talked to um, my first one was my bio. And then my second one was Richard Thomas, a transition. And I just want to thank you for, like I said, just for supporting me. Now, I ask you to continue to support me. And for those of you who are watching this to Anchor, I say thank you. But you can also find me on many other platforms like Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google, and Apple. And like I said, once again, I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast. You know, we had a lot of great things coming up. I, I shared you, with you in the past about my bio, telling you about who I am and why I started the podcast. And then I, last week I had another guest one called Robert Thomas, and he was, you know, talking about some incredible things that was going on in his life. And, you know, it was it was just um, an awesome testimony that he gave. And I hope you got a chance to listen to that. If you haven't, please check me out. So once again, this is Dennis Jenkins with Dynamic Fathers, and today we're going to have a great host come on, and his name is Kareem Boyd. He's going to share some great experiences and you know some knowledge with you, some things that he's you know had um, growing up in, a, in North in Philadelphia, um, and just his life experience in general, what his you know that his father has taught him. And we're going to talk about some great things going on, but I just want to once again to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And if any way you can support me as possible by listening, any donation you might want to give, any advice you want to give, anything is helpful. So just thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. I can't say it enough because without you, I will not be here on this podcast. So first, just let me give you some history. You know, I want to just give you something about who Dynamic Fathers what a dynamic father is and how I consider a dynamic father. He has positive in attitudes and his attitude and full of energy and new ideas. That is a dynamic father. You understand? That is what I consider a dynamic father. And there are a lot of great men out there who are doing these things. And I commend them and I congratulate them. Continue to do that hard work. Continue to put in that time to support your son or your daughter. Continue to be that dynamic father that you are. And I just want to say, you know, on today, man, I hope that you all can tune in um, and, and listen to what my guest has to say. Um, and we just want to, you know, encourage, you know, like I said, our motto is in Dynamic Fathers, we encourage, empower, and engage fathers to be active in this child's life. And, and that's the mission. That's the purpose. You know, I'm not here to put anybody down, but I'm here to build somebody up. And I'm here to encourage others, as I hope that you guys will do the same and encourage me. Continue to, you know, give me your reviews. Go on my page, you know, on Dynamic Fathers and, and leave a review. Let me know what you think. All right? So we will be coming back shortly. And in that time, we will talk to Kareem Boyd. So come on back. Listen to me. Listen to Kareem Boyd. And we will talk about some great, great subjects and how his Dynamic Father affected his life. All right? Thank you. So once again, this is Dennis Jenkins with Dynamic Fathers.